0: Please turn to the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke. Chapter five, please. Very familiar passage this evening. And I hope that as we go through this very simple message, that the Lord will speak to our hearts in some way. Luke chapter 5 and verse 1. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake Genesaret, And saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep. Let down your nets for a draw. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night, I've taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. When they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net broke. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and fell both the ships, so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me. For I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished and all that were with him, at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, They forsook all and followed him. We know that God will add a blessing to the reading of his own inspired word. Let's pray. Our gracious God and our eternal heavenly Father, again we give thee thanks for the evening hour. We thank you, Father, for the goodly number that's out this evening. We do pray, Lord, that each and every one may have come along with an open ear and an understanding heart to receive your word. And as we pray very often... I pray that as we leave this place, we might be able to say it was good for us to be here. For here we met with the Lord and was blessed. Take your servant, hide him behind the cross, and let no man be seen, save Jesus only. we will be careful to give you the praise and the glory in our Saviour's precious and worthy name. Amen. A question. What do you think about every day? Uh, What's your thoughts on a daily basis? What goes through your mind? What takes up your day in your thought life? Where are your thoughts even now? Are they on? I wish I was going home. Are they on? Did you get on that computer? Are you thinking about work tomorrow? What is your thoughts on even right now? Now saying that, I would like us to think upon that one who purchased us. I want us to think on the one who shed his blood on Calvary. I want us to think on the one who sustains us and gives us health and strength each and every day. And of course that is the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to think on him this evening. Now, whenever we read a passage like what we've read, the question one should be asking themselves, especially you young people need to listen to this and try to think about this in the years to come, a question we should ask ourselves when we read the Word of God is, what does that mean to me? See, this is God's Word. When we pray, we're speaking to God. When we read His Word, He is speaking to us. So what does that mean to me? These words are the words of God, and he's speaking to us. What does that mean to me? What do I learn from this scripture? What does God want me to do? How can I apply these scriptures to my life? So there are questions we can ask in ourselves when we read the word of God. And it's good as a young person growing up, developing and so forth in the things of God, that you ask yourselves those questions. Not just to sit down and read five chapters a night, which is good in itself. But quality is better than quantity. Quantity. If you sit down and read a half a chapter, 10 verses, and then ask the Lord, well, Lord, what do you want me to gain from these words? What can I learn from these words? How is it applicable in my life? Then I think you'll get more out of the scriptures than just reading a lot of words that doesn't really sink in. Okay, let's look at these verses and glean what we can from them. It's a very simple message This evening. Very simple. Verse 1. What does it say? And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Genesaret. Right away in verse 1, we see a situation that our pastor who's watching, a situation that would be a blessing to any pastor, would be a blessing to any preacher, But, of course, this was not just any preacher. This was the prince of preachers. This was our Lord Jesus Christ. So numerous were the people and so anxious to see and hear the Lord that they pressed upon him. They crowded around him. In fact, they crowded him so much that he had to retreat, as it were, into one of the fishing vessels by the side of the lake. Mind you, this happened several times in our Lord's life when they pressed upon him. Please turn to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, and verses 2 to 4. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. There was no room. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press. Now, this is not the paparazzi, okay? This press is all the people crowding round him. They crowded around the Lord Jesus Christ to see. And to hear what he was saying. Also in Luke chapter 19, 1 to 4, it talks about the press. Wouldn't it be great if we had this problem today? The people wanted to hear the Lord Jesus Christ. They wanted to hear his word. Now God is sovereign. Jesus knew all. So because of this, in verse 3, Jesus enters into a ship, but not just any ship, not just any boat. Jesus entered a ship, but it belonged to Peter. It was Peter's. No such thing as an accident in our Lord's life. No such a thing as a coincidence in the Lord's life. He knew exactly whose boat it was. And this brought brought about a circumstance, if you like, into Peter's life. Decisions had to be made. But the Lord was in control of this situation. It's almost as if Peter is paying back a favor. Look at the end of chapter 4. Chapter 4, verses 38 and 39. And he arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon, Simon Peter's house. And Simon's wife's mother, that's Simon's mother-in-law, was taken with a great fever. And they besought him for her. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever. And it left her. And immediately she arose and ministered unto them. Then they went down to the lake. And he was preaching at the edge of the lake. And he got into Simon Peter's boat. Of course, Simon did not worry or was not concerned about that situation. He had just healed his mother in law. That was a blessing. That would be a blessing to most of us, wouldn't it? He healed his mother in law from this great sickness. So Simon's mother in law was sick. The Lord ministered unto her. And immediately she arose and ministered. Onto him, folks. Here or there, was a time when the sickness of sin was taking us to a crisis. Eternity. There was a time in our lives. Whether you're saved tonight, there was a time in your life, and if you're not saved tonight, then you are on the way to a lost eternity right here now there was a time when the sickness of sin was taking us to a Christless eternity but the great physician stepped in our Lord Jesus Christ ministered unto us who are saved he shed his precious blood and be repenting of our sin and we looked at repentance this morning By repenting of our sin and accepting and believing in Christ's atoning work on Calvary, we, as it were, got better. Got better from our sickness of sin. Sin was dealt with and now we are covered with the imputed righteousness of Christ. No longer does God look down upon us and sees the wretched sickness of sin, but he sees the imputed righteousness of his own dear Son for those who, Who are saved. He has ministered unto us. He ministered unto Peter's mother-in-law. She responded. Have we responded? Have we responded and do we minister unto him? And he stood over her and rebuked the fever. He stood over us as it were and rebuked the the, the sickness as it were of sin and that left her. And as soon as we accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, sin as it were left us. That is repetitive sin. He dealt with the root problem of sin in our lives. And immediately she arose and ministered unto them. Have we arose? Have we risen and ministered unto the Lord. You know, Peter was quite happy for the Lord to come into the boat. Are we happy for Christ to come into our boat to be there wherever we go, setting course together? Can you imagine life's uh, uh, far away, as it were, as we as we go down the road of time? And we're in this boat together with the Lord Jesus Christ. We're setting course together, working together, Christ in us. You know, we sing the little chorus, don't we? With Christ in the vessel, I can smile at the storm. Smile at the storm, smile at the storm. With Christ in the vessel, I can smile at the storm. Until he takes me home. Are we sailing with Christ are we allowing Christ into the, the boat, as it were, so that he can be our captain, so that he can steer the vessel, so that he can take us safely home? Are you happy to sail through life with the trials and with the storms and all that comes with it, with Christ as captain of your life? I would say that most of us, if not all of us here this evening, have accepted Christ. And hopefully that is so. So Peter was quite happy for the Lord. To come into his boat. Then in verse 3. The second part of verse 3. The Lord then asked Peter to thrust out a little from the land. That's a kind of a decent request. Verse 3. And he entered into one of the ships which was Simon's. And prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. Peter honours the request. He he was obedient to the Lord's bidding. Peter Just thrust out a little bit. Yes, Lord. No dissent. No arguing. No questioning. After all, it was just a little request. It was just a little thing. It wasn't much the Lord was asking. And folks, sometimes we need to thrust out a little at his word. And do it without question. Peter was right next to the Lord. When the Lord get in the boat, remember the fishermen men were fixing their nets? It's quite obvious that Peter get in the boat. Then the Lord turns around to Peter and says, well, thrust out a little. He was in the boat. And he could hear even a whisper. When the Lord spoke to him, the Lord spoke and asked a very simple thing. Thrust out a little. You know, the Lord always asks reasonable requests. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. He's not asking anything hard of us. Thrust out a little. Have you thrust out a little in your life? The Lord requested Peter, and Peter heard. Peter obeyed. And he was done a little bit from the shore. Then at the end of verse 3 it says, he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. What a blessing. Peter obeyed and the Lord preached and he was right there beside the Lord. And he preached and the people I'm sure were blessed. Remember, never man spake like this man. And to be sitting right beside him as he preached would have been a tremendous blessing. Folks, if we would only stay close to to our Lord, if we would only listen to that still small voice, if we would only be sensitive to it and obey it at once, many people could be blessed. Be ye doers of God's word. Not hearers only. It seems to be in our churches in these days. God forbid it would be here. But there seems to be lots of hearers about. But not so many doers in the church. Verse 4. We see a a turn of events here. And and this is now when he had left speaking. Look at verse 4. Now when he had left speaking or finished speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets For a draft, he said to Peter. Now folks, I want you to remember where Peter was. He was in the boat with the Lord, sitting at his feet, listening to his word. And now the Lord had finished preaching and teaching and he wants to bless Peter. He wants to reward him. And Peter had just been uh, obedient in a, a small thing. In the little things, he said, you know, thrust out a little. And now, because he took that first step of obedience, the master says unto him, launch out into the deep. And folks, it is only when we are faithful in the little things that God will challenge us in the greater things. Do you understand that? You need to be obedient in the little things before God will challenge you into the greater things of God. If you are disobedient in the little things, how is God ever going to use you in the greater things? Peter, thrust out a little. Peter, launch out into the deep. If we obey in the little things, then God will bring us into the deeper things of himself. Folks, if we are not faithful in the little things, We will never be challenged in the deeper things of God. Verse four goes on to say, And let down your nets for a draught. A draught means a multitude of fish. Now, folks, the Lord never asked us to go into deep waters without the promise of a blessing. If he wants you to go somewhere, do something, say something, whatever the case might be, it's because he wants to bless us in some way. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world or the end of the age. Matthew twenty-eight twenty. The question arises is this. Where are we? Are you still on the shore? Not keeping company with Christ. Keeping company with the Lord is one thing. Keeping half company with the Lord is another thing. Oh, I like to still do the things that I used to do. uh, But I still like to go to church. We used to sing at camp many, many years ago, probably going back 30 odd years ago. The things I used to do, I don't do anymore. Hands up, those who can remember that. Oh, the things I used to do, I don't do anymore because the Lord's with me. I'm not going to sing anymore. Okay, so (laughs) are you still on the shore? Have you not taken that first step of faith? Or are you as a Christian, maybe ankle deep in the water? You're in the shallow water. You, you thrust out a little bit, but you haven't taken that final step. Have you launched out into the deep? You know, the Word of God tells us, In that day when thou stoodest on the other side, thou wast as one of them. And you might be a Christian, and you may have accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, but if you're keeping company with the world, the Word of God says in Obadiah verse 11, In that day when thou stoodest on the other side, thou wast as one of them. You are what company you keep. And young people, and I know I'm putting it on you this evening, you need to be careful with your company need to be careful with those who you associate with. Because if they take you away to things that are ungodly, then you cannot blame them for doing it. In that day when thou stoodest on the other side, you were as one of them. Peter, if you let down your nets, you're going to catch lots of fish. You're going to catch a lot of fish. Boy, I'd love to get that promise when I go up to Jindabang. Wouldn't it be lovely? You're going to catch a lot of fish. Folks, if God calls you to greater service, he will also equip you with all that you need. Now, Peter, no doubt, had intelligence. Peter had experience as a fisherman. Peter had the equipment. He had the nets. He had the boat. But Peter, at this stage in his life, lacked faith. In fact, Peter even changed God's word. Let me show you. In verse 4, the Lord said, let down your nets. Plural. In verse 5, here's the problem. And Simon answering, said unto him, he's speaking to the Lord. He said, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word. I will let thine the net singular At thy word. The Lord didn't say net. The Lord said nets. The Lord said, Let your nets dine for a draught, verse four. At thy word, he says. And he's calling Christ a liar. He's saying, well, at thy word, I will let down the net. And folks, every word of God is pure. Every jot, every tittle is important. Over the last hundred years or so, there has been so many new perversions of the word of God, new versions of the Bible... Changing the meaning of the words, leaving out the doctrines. They say that they're only trying to make it easier to read. Folks, it has been proven that there is less multiple-syllable words in the King James Version than all the perversions that are out there. The King James Version is not hard to read. Folks, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. Amen? The King James Version has proved itself over the last 330 years. It's been used in revivals down through the years. God has preserved his word. Now, Peter not only changed the Lord's word, but he said, You said this. He said, At thy word. Oh, folks, we need to be careful what we say and what we do. Peter only went halfway. With what the Lord commanded him. Look at verse 6. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. The Lord was going to bless Peter. He was going to give them nets full of fish a draught. But Peter thought, Well, he knew better. He had the experience. They've already toiled and nothing happened. And so he said, well, at thy word, I will net down the net. Then it tells us, as we go on down, And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break, verse 6. They net break. According to the Greek word diakrinuto, it was at the point of breaking. Obviously it didn't break, it might have been stretched to the maximum, it may have had little rips and tears in it, but it stayed together to bring the fish in. It was at the point of breaking. See, Peter did not give 100% and he nearly lost out on the blessing. Now we can only wonder how many fish was in this catch. Perhaps the greatest catch of their lives. And in verse 7 it said, And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and fell both the ships so that they began to sink. That, folks, is a lot of fish. Have you ever tried to sink a boat? Have you ever tried to put so much weight in it to try and sink it? Here was a net full of fish, great fish, that filled two boats so that they almost sunk. They beckoned onto their partners, which were in the other ship. I think this is another important lesson, folks. That we can all learn. You know we are partners. In the work of the gospel. And if we work together. And help out where help is needed. Then we will receive. A blessing. At the end of verse 7. The call went out for help. Look at verse 7. And they came and filled their boats. Or their ships. So that they began to sink. The call went out. Partners come and help us. We can't manage all this. The Lord has blessed us so much. Come and help. And the call goes out from pulpit to pulpit throughout this great land of ours. Help. The youth group needs help. The Sunday school needs help. The track distribution needs help. The church cleaning needs help. The grounds need tending. Help. 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 (laughs) Paul says in 2 Corinthians 6 and 1, We then as workers together with him, not shirkers together with him, we then as workers together with him and praise God for the next three words that we read. And they came. they came. What a blessing when the call goes out to help. Would you please come and help? And they came. Boy, wouldn't it be a blessing in any church that when a a pastor would ask for help, that people would come and say, I want to help. 1 Corinthians 3.9 tells us that we are laborers together with God, not loafers, okay? We are laborers together with God, but there seems to be too much loafing in the churches in these days. We are laborers together. We work together. We're in a partnership. We're sons of God, joint heirs with Christ, and we are in the family. And we help the family, don't we? They look at closely at, at verse seven at the end. But and they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. They look closely. After they came, they filled both the ships, so that they began to sink, filled to capacity, filled to overflowing. Couldn't take any more. Folks, let me say this. By sharing in the blessing, no one will miss out. The first boat was filled to capacity. They did not miss out. By sharing in the blessing, nobody will miss out. If you come along and help out in whatever ministry the Lord leads you into, the ones who are in that ministry will not miss out. But you will share in the blessing. By sharing in the blessing, no one will miss out. You are not taking the blessing from them, and they are not deprived of any blessing. All are blessed. Verse 8 says this, and I love this verse 8. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Here we see the accuracy of God's word. When Simon Peter saw it, I love this verse, So what? He saw the miracle. He fell down at Jesus' knees. Now normally, where would he fall down to? He'd fall down at Jesus' feet. But why did he fall down at Jesus' knees? (laughs) He could not. Why? The boat was full of fish. He could not get down any further. And when the Lord is sitting in the boat, and the fish are halfway or three quarters way up the boat so that the boat nearly sank, when Peter fell down before the Lord, he couldn't get down to his feet. He fell at his knees because that's as far down as Peter would go. So we could say, quite rightly, that the boat was filled up to the Lord's knees with fish. Full of fish. The lowest he could bend down was Jesus' knees. He saw majesty. In his own strength, he could not do it. In his own strength, he could do nothing, but by the power of God, all things were possible. Verse 9 and 10 says this, For he was astonished. This was a fisherman. This was an experienced fisherman. For he was astonished and all that were with him at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. They were astonished. They were astonished to the point of fear. They saw this miracle. And they must have been saying within themselves, What is going on here? What has just happened? We toiled all night and couldn't catch eight fish. Now we have filled two boatloads of fish. And they saw the miracle and they were astonished. And the Lord says, fear not. See, they were in the presence of deity. They recognized their sinful state. Look at verse 8. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Recognized his sinful state before the Lord. Verse 10 says, Fear not. From henceforth thou shalt catch men. So was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not. From henceforth. They shall catch men. He says, Peter, this is nothing. This is just fish. We'll fill the two boats with fish. You're astonished. You're amazed. But fear not. Because from henceforth, you're going to do a greater work. You're going to catch men, not fish. Verse 11 tells us, When they had brought their ships to land, listen to this, when they brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Folks, I cannot imagine me going to Jindabine and catching a 14-pound brown trout and walking away from it. I can't imagine that. But here were these experienced fishermen with the catch of their life and verse 11 said they brought their ships to land. They forsook all and they followed him. They followed him. Two things here in closing. Money and riches was not going to prevent them from following the Lord. Remember the rich young ruler? Luke 18 and verse 18. He had money. He had riches. But he walked away sorrowful. There was provision for those who were left behind. First of all, money and riches was not going to prevent them from following Jesus. There was provision for those left behind. Zebedee and others Two boatfuls of fish. Folks, no one loses out when you decide to follow the Lord. He will make provision where you have been. He will provide the lack, as it were. Two full boats of fish. Enough to keep everyone satisfied until maybe other arrangements could be made. Folks, have you thrust out a little? Have you launched out into the deep? Are you obedient to his word? Are you a fisher of men? I do pray that the Lord will bless each and every one of us as we study these scriptures together. Let's pray. Our gracious God and our loving Heavenly Father, again we give thee thanks for thy word this evening. We thank you for this simplistic message. It is profound truth. We thank you, Father, for the Lord Jesus Christ and the lessons we can learn from his life. We thank you, Father, for the lessons contained in the scriptures this evening. And we do pray that we might not falsely accuse you of saying something which you did not. I pray, Lord, that we might not change your word. I pray, Lord, that we might be obedient in the little things so that you can trust us with the greater things of God. Father, I know that it is your will that you would bless us. But, Father, we need to be obedient in the little and the greater things. So, Father, I do pray that each and every one of us would have had the open ear and the understanding heart to receive your word this evening. I pray this in our Saviour's precious and worthy name. Amen. Amen.